Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On this episode, we are going to tackle a best adapted screenplay. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jacob. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. And um, before we dive, obviously, we both, uh, spoiler alert here, obviously, we both have the Joker on our best adapted screenplay. And you and I both saw this last night. Um... Obviously, highly controversial film right now going around, but what did you think? Uh, I, you know, uh, Ricky saw it first, and he just texted (laughs) me a little bit about it after, and I just only piqued my excitement. Um, I loved it. Um, I loved the kind of dark origin story that it took. I think... uh, I think definitely the social commentary is there, but I do think... Out of the 120 minutes, maybe 10 to 15 of them were really about violence or anything like that. Um, You know, this isn't a film that is trying to incite violence against a society or anything like that. This is showing you the mind of a guy who is mentally unstable. And if anything, it's kind of an awareness to show, you know, we need to take these kind of things seriously. Um... Joaquin Phoenix was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, He gave probably the best performance I've ever seen him give in a career that has been just full of great performances. Um, You know, I've, we both had him on my, or on our uh, best actor list and I've moved him up to number one, um, switching him with Adam Driver, which could always change after we see Marriage Story. (laughs) Right. Because we're seeing that tonight, but um but yeah, the um, you know the screenplay it was terrifying. Uh, the score was absolutely incredible. Um, I drove down to Nashville today and listened to it the entire way down. Um, it was terrifying and beautiful and wonderful and kind of everything I wanted from a Joker uh, score. Um, the cinematography also was phenomenal i mean this is a beautiful looking film it just it struck every chord that i wanted to uh when seeing the movie yeah this is the expectation for me was ridiculously high and uh you texted to me and you were perfectly right this is one of those movies that it didn't matter what the critic said that um you know the critic never really put my mind off of a movie but at the same time if it's really getting drubbed really bad by critics i'm like all right maybe my expectations need to come down a little bit but it didn't really matter with this film for me because honestly this film uh, is one of my most anticipated movies of the year and when i found out that joaquin phoenix was going to play this role i didn't think there was going to be a better person for this role 
Uh, it's a hard role to play, obviously, uh, just mentally for him. But at the same time, obviously, everybody still has it fresh in their minds with you know Heath Ledger giving a performance of a lifetime. Um, and I don't think I'll I'll stop it by right there by saying I don't think you could compare the performances one bit. It's two totally different Jokers, two different mindsets, two different total you know movies as well. But um, you touched on it. But the score and and the the, the movie. The score and the cinematography were equally as dark as the movie was, and and it was all to perfection. And it was a beautifully shot film. And and as I'm watching Phoenix throughout the film play this character, and you're right, I don't think that at any point in this movie you felt like standing up and going up and rioting against society like people have insinuated with this film. And it's been kind of frustrating because... Honestly, these types of films, like if when we go see The Irishman, you know, I don't plan on going and becoming a mob member after that, even though movies like that glorify the mob. They do, you know what I mean? Like it glorifies the mob as this cool thing. Like, I mean, as a kid, I mean, when I saw The Departed, I was like, man, that would be really cool to be a member of a, you know, a a gang, a mob like that. But I'm not going to go be a part of that, you know, just because... And it really is like I feel like society really let down, you know, Arthur in this movie. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happens in our society nowadays is that mental illness is not taken seriously enough, which can lead to what happened with him. You know what I mean? It it doesn't point to the direction necessarily, not every single time. But um, if it's not taken seriously, stuff like this can happen. But um, I don't know if Todd Phillips will ever write or direct a better movie in his life. I don't think he will. Um, it, it was beautiful from start to finish. I loved how each act was better than the previous. And this, it was, as much as he said it wasn't a Joker origin story or anything like that, I felt like he kind of touched on some comic book themes without the throughout the film. Um, without kind of diving into detail. But uh, what really closed these, this book, I actually gave it 5 out of 5. I know you gave it four and a half out of five. Um, yeah, it, it'd be leaning more towards 4.75 out of five. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's right there. And really what closed the you know, chapter for me was the... It, uh, you did hit on it. It was a little bit predictable, but that Tonight Show scene with him and Robert De Niro and how that played out and just the way he... It, first off, the color palette going into that scene was absolutely breathtaking. It was just so beautiful and just amazing to see, but... The way it played out, though predictable, it was still amazingly well acted. Yeah, and, um, one of my favorite things about that scene, without getting into spoilers or anything, um, there are moments over the film where you kind of get a look into Arthur's mind, and in this scene, you think you're getting a look at what Arthur's seeing, and he actually is finally embracing kind of what he has been seeing in his mind the whole time and kind of steps into that. And this is where he really kind of steps into that role as Joker. Um, you know, this whole scene, uh, like I said, it's, it's predictable because it is based off, you know, a comic book and you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, but I still loved it. Uh, I still thought it was great. I still thought, you know, it worked for everything it was trying to do. It really, um, like, you know, like Ricky said, it's, it was not a comic book movie, but it never, like, got rid of its comic book lore at the same time. Exactly. It, 
you know, it really stuck true to Joker and to DC and to Bruce Wayne and Batman and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, I just, I thought it was, it was the best that they could do with what, you know, with what they were given. Yeah, I'm really happy that DC let them make this movie mm-hmm. because it, it's a very dark movie and it's hard to, you know, rated R comic book movies aren't always, I mean, if you look at Logan, Logan was a little dark, but Logan was still Wolverine. That was probably one of the darker comic book movies yeah. we've had easily. Um, and of course, then you have Deadpool, which isn't really dark. It's just kind of raunchy and, you yeah, know, this is, adult I mean, oriented. This, this, is, this has got to be the darkest one since probably The Watchmen, but for sure. done way better. 100% agree. And and honestly, this is one movie. I, first off, I highly plan on seeing this again. I, I don't have a doubt in my mind. I will see this in theaters again. And I also will finish by saying that this movie needs to be seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I, I see a lot of movies, obviously, but there's a lot of movies that I'm like I could have probably watched that at home. And this is one of those movies to thoroughly enjoy the movie in every aspect, from the writing to the directing to the acting to the cinematography to the score. It's something that you just want to engulf yourself in while you're watching it inside this massive screen in this theater. It was just a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, I would almost argue trying to see this like, you know, like I was saying with Ad Astro in the last episode, I would almost argue with trying to see this in IMAX. Um, Not only is it a very deep and dark character study and drama, it's also one of the best horror films of the year so far. It... Um, you know, like we said, the score is horrific. I mean, it's, it gets under your skin. It shocks you. Some of the, uh, some of the movements and the things that Walking Phoenix does as Joker. As um, he's moving and the score moves with him. And it's just the way he's just free flowing through society and you feel the score go through. Like I just, and it's. It's I, I don't care if it sounds cheesy or not, but just like thinking about these scenes, it kind of gives me chills a little bit because it, it's just, it's art. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what this is. This is art, and it was a beautiful piece of art. Yeah, it was. I mean, I if you want to see this, you know, try to see this on the biggest screen possible in the loudest theater possible. Um, really engulf yourself in this, uh, in this whole joker that we've been given. For sure. All right, let's transition into obviously talking about best adapted screenplay since the Joker is both on both of our list. What do you have on your list besides the Joker? Next up. Uh, so my first one up is Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, the film that is about uh, Mr. Rogers, but not about Mr. Rogers, and more about the guy who wrote about Mr. Rogers. Um, it might seem like a funky concept, but this is also from the same director who did Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is about a writer who plagiarized another writer and then got plagiarized and whatever. Um, so <laughs> so many layers to that movie. Yeah, and so you know that Mara Heller can really pull something like this off. Um, the role she's taking in the film you know when it got real or when it got announced everyone was like oh this is just this is going to be a mr rogers film especially with tom hanks like it's just going to be a tom hanks show but really from everything i've heard about it tom hanks does get the not the bulk but he does get the better of the emotional and serious 
situations, but he's not the main focus of the whole story. The main focus is on Matthew Reese's uh, journalist character. And so, I mean, you know, it's Mr. Rogers is one of the most beloved American icons ever. Yep. Um, and then having Mariel Heller, who can really put a sweet and smart touch to a film that um, clever, is clever and, you know, doesn't, has Mr. Rogers, but doesn't overdo it and throw him all in your face. I mean, I just, I think this is, right now, it's it's definitely a lock to get in. And right now, I've got it as my winner. Yeah, it's, um, it tells all the tales. I mean, it tells the story of Mr. Rogers. Um, I, I've seen on several different occasions that Matthew Rise's performance is just as good as Tom Hanks in that, you know, if it wasn't such a loaded best actor race that, you know, some people say that he could even be on the cusp of that. Obviously, with the the race as, as deep as it is this year, uh, there's going to be a lot of guys left out. But I'm excited about this movie. I really am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mr. Rogers is a phenomenal person. But I don't think from the trailer alone, you, you look at it and you could just... I mean, you feel Mr. Rogers inside Tom Hanks, and I mean, obviously he's you know he's a lock in that supporting role. That we'll talk about at a different uh, venture. But I, I, Heller, I, I love her. I love. Can you forgive me? I love that movie. Um, I, I think she's going to do a fantastic job with this. Um, she's a great writer. She's a great. Uh, she's a great, just great. Period. And and what she's going to bring. This is a. This is a very. It's at the same time. It's Mr. Rogers. But if it's done wrong, people will be mad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so, if it's not done the right way. And does it portray Mr. Rogers the way people want it to be portrayed? Then it could have been really bad for her. It could have been bad for the movie in general. But uh, you've heard everything the opposite. I'm excited for this movie. And to transition for another movie that I'm excited about, um, starting at number two right now, is The Irishman. Um, the everybody have you know the big people have seen this now, you know, and uh, Steve Zalian's uh, screenplay is uh, looks like a lock. I think it's a lock. Um, Scorsese, you know, Scorsese, obviously, but uh, everything coming out of this movie, of this 19 and a half hour movie that everybody's talking about, <laughs> is uh, nothing but good things. And that's not really surprising. Scorsese is one of, if not the greatest of all time to ever do this. And he's done it so many times and time and time again. He just kind of one, one ups himself. And uh, this screenplay looks like it's going to be a, a beaut. I, I'm a little concerned. There's a few things that concern me. I, I, I'm not like I'm looking forward to Irishman for a few different reasons. Obviously, Martin Scorsese is one of them. The de aging of this whole factor that's going to be interesting to see how it portrays and if it really affects the film for how I watch it. Not necessarily. I've seen other people say that it doesn't bother them. It didn't, but it's. I think it's going to be their own personal cup of tea for each individual. You know what I mean? Because it's going to be interesting. All but weird as well at the same time. But screenplay, I have it locked in. I think The Beautiful Day and Irishman are the two real strong locks in this category. Um, to be honest with you, Joker would be a lock in my opinion as well. But I don't know if that's going to be... I don't know how the, the cards are going to play out. But uh, Irishman looks good. It's got potential. Obviously, everybody loved it. And everybody thinks that it's going to be nominated for the most awards. Uh, where are you at with Irishman? Yeah, um, Irishman is actually my number three. Um, just to kind of go back and say a lot of what he said, uh, it just seems like it's going to be very in-depth and very, you know, done well, especially with Martin Scorsese, which I agree, he's one of the best directors who's ever lived. Um, 
kind of getting into the conspiracy with Jimmy Hoffa and everything like that. I just think uh, it's a lock. I think, you know, it's one of those that could easily jump up to one, but it won't jump out of the top five. Yeah. Um, but for my number two, I have the two popes. Um, I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about this screenplay. Uh, you know, you've got Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins are giving great performances, but, you know, the screenplay is what I've heard is one of the funniest, charming, dramatic, one of the absolute best, not only of this year, you know, the past few years. Um, I honestly thought it was original until a few days ago, um, but once I found out it was adapted, I threw it right in my adapted, um, right in my top two. Um, it is a Netflix film, and I do think that hurts it because it's not one of the top, you know, contenders. I mean, my my top three, I don't know about Ricky, or not my top three, my two and three for adapted, and then my number one for original are all Netflix movies. And so I don't know how the Academy is going to take the Netflix films if they take them as let's put the best films in or if they take it as let's not get as many Netflix films in. But, you know, for right now, just from everything I've heard, Two Pubs is number two for mine. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about this as well. And and we've talked about this several times off there, just texting about it. It's going to be interesting to see because... We both talked about how Irishman kind of affects marriage story just a little bit. It doesn't affect it completely, but as you start looking at the categories, is the Academy a red is is the Academy ready to accept Netflix? And is it willing to accept it to the fact that yes, Netflix is a way to watch movies now. And if they are, then the best movies will be nominated this year. Yeah, I agree. In every category. But if they still have that little feeling of holding back, and the biggest thing that they have obviously going for them with the Irishman is they have Martin Scorsese. So Martin Scorsese is the most, you know, one of the most, you know, deserving guys of the praise in, in all of the, you know, all of Hollywood. So that's one good thing they have going for them. But that's what the Irishman has going for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Marriage Story has going for them that it's a, just apparently a phenomenal film. You know what I mean? And then on the flip side of that, you have. Uh, you have two popes now, which, you know, you've heard a lot of good things about this film and you, you, you hit it right on the head that the acting is good. You know, they're, they're saying the acting's good in this, but the writing is phenomenal. And I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I like Anthony Hopkins, big fan. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Price is the other one is opposite of him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there's a uh, good, there's going to be, it's going to be funny. And I didn't know it was adapted, obviously until the other day as well, whenever I was reading about it, because I was laying out the, you know, I was writing down the adapted, who's who's in the running, who's talking about it. And I thought for sure this was going to be original because I didn't even imagine that this was going to be yeah. adapted on a real, you know, real stuff. So I, I, I enjoy the fact that it is, and it's kind of transitioned to another weird movie, in my opinion. And it's my five right now, just because I think it's being talked about, and that's Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have talked, we talked about it off the air. I, I don't know a whole whole lot about this but at the same time what we do know it's very very divided either it's apparently it's one of those movies either you like or you don't it doesn't have the critical praise right now um i've seen some several different sites including awards daily has jojo rabbit locked into several different um nominations right now 
And that to me is interesting in herself because we've talked about it a thousand times because sometimes we'll look at her list and be like, she knows her stuff. So, I mean, I guess that's got to be right. You know what I mean? But, and then sometimes I'm like, you go off of the pulse of what everybody else is saying. So I've got it at a very, very soft five um, because of the style movie. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, Jojo Rabbit, um, I mean, it started, when it first opened up, it started around 58 on... Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and it's gone up to 78. So I have no idea where it will eventually land when, you know, more people see it and more people get their hands on it. I mean, if you look at Joker, Joker started at a, you know, an 80-whatever, and now it's down to a 69. So um, it's just, it's one of those movies like Joker that's really divisive. Um, My biggest issue with it is I have heard that it is purely a comedy, which can get in, but I feel like comedies more get in for the original screenplay. Um, you know, Borat and uh, what's the other one? Bridesmaids, those two. Um, I feel like comedies get in more for the original screenplay than they do for the adapted screenplay. Um, for my number four, however, might be a little off the wall, um, but I really think it's got a chance. And I, it's a soft four, um, the same as my five is going to be a soft five. But I've got Avengers Endgame for my four right now. Um, how Disney is pushing that movie right now, they have sent out their first screening invites, and it really highlighted the uh, writing. You know, it was one of the invites that said, come see Avengers Endgame uh, for your consideration in all categories, including best adapted screenplay and really highlighted their writing, which if so, if that's what they're pushing it for, I think, I think they will get a nomination for whatever they push it hardest for. And if they're pushing writing, which is what it looks like right now, I think, you know, I think they've got, I think Stephen McFeely and, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but um, they, you know, they've crafted something that ties up over 20 films, over 10 years of films, and they've had to weave it in and out, going back into the past and visiting timelines and coming back and kind of tying everything up. And if you can see um, from Game of Thrones this year, that's not something that can be easily done and they did it they did it with excellence and i have them at four and i really think they not only can get in but i think they should get in i agree 100 percent. so i talked about how you know the roots is directing it and the writing of it not only do you have 20 films um you have so many characters mm-hmm. so many characters that you have to write for this movie and very little time to do it. Yeah, it was a, you know a little bit longer of a movie than you know the, some of the other ones. But to be honest with you, I I mean that to me was most one of the hardest written movies of these movies that we're talking about right now because um, I mean not only do you have so many characters, but you have so many big 
name characters. You know, you've got to write for the Downey Juniors. You've got to write for the Hemsworth. You've got to write for the Chris Evans, the Scarlett Johansons, and, and the host of all these other people that you're writing with. And then not only are you writing for all these people, you're writing for your characters themselves. You've got Captain America. You've got Iron Man. You've got a Hulk. You've got, you've got to throw all these characters in. And then on top of all of that, you've got to put the story together for the last 20 movies and put them all together into one. And not only do you have to do that, you have to do it to perfection. Because anything less than perfection out of Endgame would have really been lackluster since the build was so strong. And to me, obviously, I gave it five stars because it was my. It, it, I don't know if I'll ever understand if I gave it five stars because it was a masterpiece or if I gave it five stars because it was Endgame. You know what I mean? Satisfying. Yeah, it was just a satisfying end of. But I mean that that movie. It was an emotional roller coaster. Like. I've said this before, and I don't know if I've ever said it out loud to like in a in in this kind of format. But I've I always say like when I go to the movies, you know, I'm never one of those people that want to stand up and cheer and scream and yell. But when you know at that that point of the movie, and he says, you know, Avengers, um, God, what do you say, Avengers Assemble or whatever, and he says that, I was like, I was ready. Like every obviously everybody in my theater literally like just jumped out of their seat of excitement. And that, I think, was the only time I've ever felt that need to just want to do that, too. I mean, I didn't do it because I was still, you know, like, all right, this is kind of weird a little bit, you know yeah. what I mean? But it was like, you know, it was like watching, you know, Rocky knock out, you know, Apollo Creed, you know, whatever it was. But it was like that phenomenal moment of of him saying that. It was just like this triumph. Of... It was, yeah, it was such a big uh, payoff. And it was definitely earned. It felt like, it really felt like they put together a 20... 20 movie long movie yeah um, it really felt like the culmination of everything that had led up to it and like we said with a beautiful day in the neighborhood if they get this wrong i mean that could be <laughs> the end of the mcu you yeah. know i think if they if they mess this one up you know that's when the think pieces come out you know superhero films are dead um, Avengers Endgame doesn't live up to it, you know. I don't think it passes the Avatar in the box office. Not, it's bad. Not at all. No, you know? I don't think. Um, you know, I don't even think it gets close. I think they had to. They had a, a target on their back, really, and they came through and they delivered. And that's why I've got it in my top five. I would love for it. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like it would, it would excite me. I think that it's hands down. One of the best, most you know, well-crafted pieces of writing this year, and and obviously I don't think it, it would stand a chance at winning, but I really don't care. That nomination alone, and I feel like this hands down, Endgame should hands down be nominated for Best Picture this year. Um, I think it's a fantastic film, and it's one of the best films of the year. Period for me. Um, uh, going on to my number. Four. Five, and I know Ricky has it on his too. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but my number five is Joker. Um, it's a very loose five. I'm not sure how the Academy is going to look at the social and political aspects of it. Um, I mean, if, I think if the Academy really sits down and watches it, they'll know that it's not about, you know, it's not about incels and getting mad that you know, the society has wronged you and this and that. It really is about a guy with mental issues and kind of showcasing how he got to the point he got to. Um, I mean, if you watch the movie, his life sucks. You know, I mean, everything's going wrong. Um, and 
having that mental issue. I think uh, this is just a spoil. This is a spoiler. Uh, quick one, but writing in how his laugh is a mental illness that was incredible. Like that blew just, my mind. That was one of the smartest things I've ever done because you know it really brings a whole new layer to him and shows like why he's laughing even when he doesn't want to or why he's laughing when something bad the way they introduced that to the mm-hmm. on, on the bus yes that was uh, it was it was hunting it was creepy but at the same time it was like holy cow that is amazing yeah how they put pieces together like that it's it's so smart and so clever and it really touches on it really does a pretty good job touching on you know mental illness and um situations like that uh, I think, you know, it's smart enough, it's clever enough, it's haunting enough to get that nomination. Will the Academy nominate it? That's where I don't know just yet. I think, um, I think once we get more towards kind of the Globes and the writing, stuff like that, I think that's where we'll start to kind of figure out where it's going to land. But right now I do have it in as my number five. Yeah, for me it's... It's one of the my favorite screenplays of the year, um, for basically all the reasons you said, and kind of all the way we talked about earlier. I've um, this movie is equally haunting as it is just perfection. Um, Todd Phillips just, I it it blew me away. I mean, you have to understand that not just from the mind frame that this is the same guy that you know wrote The Hangover. You know what I mean? Like it's wrote, wrote Hangover or Borat. I yeah, mean, technically he's Oscar nominated for yeah. writing Borat. Exactly. And you put him in this headspace, and it's something that's not, again, not easy to write. Um, if this comes out and is bad, it might kill a lot of what DC needs to get, the momentum that DC needs to try to move forward mm-hmm. and move past some of these bad movies that they've put out over the last yeah. couple of years. And which, is, which is crazy, because with this being uh, not connected to the DCEU, um, I mean, this could really kind of catapult this could still catapult the DCEU into something real and something that could be worth doing. Yeah, for sure. And that's and all eyes are on them for this particular thing to do that. And he he knocked it out of the ballpark. Um I I cannot wait to see this movie again. I really can. It's it's uh, it took everything out of me last night. I was just too tired, but it took everything out of me last night just to go from seeing it oh. once to seeing it again. Um but yeah, it was a brilliant performance, but one of hands down one of the most brilliant pieces of writing um, from this year. Um, for me, we've talked about it a little bit. Jojo Rabbit's my number six. Um, you know, we've already touched on it, so I'm going to move on. I don't know what Ricky's got for his number seven, but my number seven is Just Mercy. Um, you know, that's one that kind of came in. It came in fast after some of the festivals. Uh, based off a book, um, it really started to slow down. I've taken it out of a lot of my nominations, and a lot of uh, people have been taken out of my nominations from it. Um, it really just depends how it is critically. If it does get, and I hate to say it, if it does get that kind of green book love to where it comes out at the right time and you know, people see it at the right time, families go to see it, and it's just kind of inspirational, um, you know, whatever, but 
uh, I do have it as my number seven. Yeah, I've got it locked in as well. And it's it's an interesting movie, you're right, because I mean, right now, I, I'm looking at it on Rotten Tomatoes, you got 87% right now. Um, it's It's got the story that would put it in this category you know what i mean it, it's the type of story that would um apparently there's a lot of phenomenal performances in it but you're right as soon there's certain movies that after the festival they're still talked about mm -hmm. you know what i mean irishman obviously it's irishman but still the irishman is still being talked about a week two weeks after the first viewing of the irishman and just mercy the 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 buzz kind of died down a little bit mm -hmm. And it's worrisome. It, it is because I mean, like *Parasite*'s another one. *Parasite* is still yeah. *Parasite* has they've been, been they've been talking about *Parasite* since the beginning of the year. Exactly, when it had its first uh, film festival. And to be able to be talked about for that long period of time, that speaks to the movie and speaks volumes to the movie. So you hit it kind of right on the head with that one, saying maybe it's not, maybe it's going to be very good, but maybe it's not going to be nomination good mm -hmm. enough you know what i mean and that's kind of worrisome for me as well and that's kind of, that's actually I, it was between that and ford versus ferrari that's that's kind of where my headspace is at with the this kind of the, the next tier below where i thought it was um but yeah that's where i'm at with those i've got it beautiful day irishman joker two popes jojo rabbit as one two three four five and i've got a beautiful day two popes irishman avengers endgame and joker God, I really that Avenger Ends game one would just make me so happy. I know, <laughs> I want it, I want it so bad. I mean, if they really look back on it, you can tell, especially uh, looking back at Game of Thrones. You know, it's hard to write an ending. It's hard to write a a clever and a clever ending to tie everything up. And they tied everything up with a bow. You know, they gave great exits to some of the characters, and um, I mean this would be just a phenomenal kind of nomination. I'm thinking, if anything, I'm thinking it might get the nomination instead of Best Picture, uh, some, some, similar to how Logan got a Best Adapted Screenplay and not anything else, um, which still hurts, but... <laughs> it's a travesty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm just... I really hope it gets in there. Yeah, me as well. Uh, folks, do us a favor. Hop on over to uh, Twitter. Give uh, Jacob a follow over there. Uh, VP underscore movies. Check out his website, visualprofitmovies.com. I love his reviews. He he's goes, he goes You go in pretty good detail, and I enjoy your reviews a whole lot. Um, you're one of the few people that I dive into each and every time I see a review of yours. Um, head on over to Twitter. Give myself a follow, at Ricky Villera underscore. Also, um... Head on over to my website. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thesportscript.com. Check that out. Um, folks, do us a favor. Uh, take a listen to the podcast. We've, we've covered Best Actor, Best Actress, and Original Screenplay. Um, and, of course, now we've added uh, Adapted Screenplay to that list and follow along. And once we kind of dive more and more into these and as we see some of these movies and as more talks happen... Um, you know, you can listen to where our thoughts are from, you know, October, September to, you know, mm -hmm. come December when it's time to start talking. Um, so, yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.